podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview in association with Betmate. We'll come on to them shortly, but Aston Villa are, of course, in action at Villa Park on Sunday. Two o'clock kickoff against Chelsea. One day we'll have a three o'clock Saturday kickoff, but not this year by the looks of things. I'm joined by Neil to discuss the game. I'm sure we're all going to be thrilled to talk about the joy that is Aston Villa Football Club at the moment. But as I said, before we get on to the preview, I need to pick my team for Betmate. If you use the code TV, but no, help if I could talk. If you use the code TVV5, you'll be able to get £5 worth of free bets on the app. So I've got to pick my seven-a-side team as normal. It's based around the games that are taking place at 2pm on Sunday. You'll see the fixtures there. More games than I thought, actually, are taking place on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Some good ones. Hopefully, they'll put one of them on the big screen at Villa Park so I can watch that instead of watching what's taking place on the pitch. So I'm going to pick my team now. Adam's actually in control of my phone, so this could go any which way. So Adam, take it away. I've got no idea who I want at this point because I already can't remember the fixtures. In goal, Oh, may as well. Oh, go on then. Aaron Ramsdale. They'll keep a clean sheet against Leeds, I would say. So, yeah, stick Aaron Ramsdale in goal. My defenders, who am I going to go with for my first defender? I don't know because I can't see the list. There we go. Feels like it would be silly not to put a Chelsea defender in at the moment because Villa are not prolific. So, I'll go with Koulibaly at the top, please, Adam. There we go, Koulibaly in my team. And next to him, I will have Kieran Trippier because he's been getting a few assists recently and everyone in fantasy football has him except for me. Next up in central midfield, I mean, at some point I may even pick a Villa player. Or oh, actually, maybe I won't. Um, in central, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go I'll pick it, I'm going a bit Newcastle heavy, but I'll go Almira. He's been on good form recently. I think Newcastle will score against Manchester United, so I'll put Almir on in. And joining him in midfield, I'll put Mason Mount there, please, Adam, if he's down as a midfielder. There he is. Up front, oh God, I feel like I, should, I really should put some Villa players in, shouldn't I? Uh, but Martin, no, I'll put Martinelli. I'll just go Martinelli and Ronaldo, please. Martinelli and Ronaldo as my front two. Some questionable people in as forwards, by the way. There. Ronaldo was near the top, Adam, if you go back to the top. Great viewing this is for everyone. We will get onto the show shortly. Yep, Ronaldo. And I've already forgotten who it was, I said. Next to Martinelli, please. Been on good form for Arsenal. Well, I've already got two Arsenal players. No, I can have Martinelli. And the subs bench, I mean, might as well put anyone on the bench. Put Martinez on the bench, please. Off chance, Villa keep, keep a clean sheet. At least we have been semi-decent defensively. May as well put Matty Cash on the bench as well. You just you just there. Matty Cash plays. There we go. Midfield, uh, I will go for... I'm going to fill my bench with Villa players. Put Ramsey on there, please. How many players am I allowed? Oh, no, I can't, I'm not allowed more than two players. That's not going to work. Not Jacob Ramsey, please. Oh, here he is clicking on the wrong thing. I will have... 
put, put Paqueta on there. I mean, my bench isn't going to get used, is it? Very unlikely that my bench is going to use a Paqueta. Oh, no, it's Paquetar, actually, I've been told at Sky. So Paquetar there. And then there's my striker. I will have uh, just stick Jared Bowen on the bench. He usually is a streaky player. He, he scored he scored a couple of goals recently. Put Jared Bowen in, please. Jared Bowen. There we go. And that's my team done for bet, mate. As I said, if you use the code TVV... Oh, why can't I say TVV? It's a pretty pivotal thing for me to be able to say. TVV5 is the code, and you'll get £5 worth of free bets. You'll join the league, join the Villa, join the league, and you'll be able to compete against Christopher Dolan and myself. It is Dolan's birthday today as well, so happy 40th to Chris Dolan. Do give him some good wishes on social media if you haven't wished him a happy birthday yet. So that's the Betmate segment out of the way. Here we go. I'm with Neil. Neil's looking at his phone, picking his Betmate team, I'm sure. Neil, you okay? I'm okay, yeah, I'm okay. I was just reading um, I was reading a John Percy article. Well, uh, so, yeah, the one that I said I'd read before we came on. Please, please, <laughs> give, give me the scoop, because I've literally been driving for three hours. So I've only just got back. I wanted to read John Percy's article, and I haven't had a chance. So, for those that haven't read it, and myself, do you want, do you want to give a little lowdown on what John Percy's been saying? Yeah, I suppose, look, a lot of it is just, is it's like a synopsis of what's happened with Stephen Gerrard over since probably about the last 10 months. I I thought that the headline was probably, I'm not going to say it's misleading because John Percy doesn't mislead. He's not willfully clickbait or anything like that. So please no. do not anybody think of that. I've got utmost respect for Percy and obviously Percy at the back post is oh, infallible. Always, that guy is always at the back post. He's he always earned a living I've been at the back post. <laughs> he is. And, and, and I really enjoy his articles and, and stuff like that. I suppose really what it is, is I think he calls into question what more can Steven Gerrard do that he says he, from the point of view of he keeps changing it, changing it up top yet he keeps on saying that they just need that magic and that spark. So he's kind of, he's pointing to the idea that, is this a guy out of ideas? Does, is this a guy just kind of crossing his fingers and hoping what happens? That was my gist from it. And then also it leads into the fact that the owners are going to be here at the weekend. But he says that, like, he makes a great point that there's 36 points taken from my, from 32 games since Boxing Day last year is not a good return. 2022 has have. been utterly miserable. I give Gerard his due when he came in in 2021. Yeah. I thought, right, okay, we got off to a good start. I, w- I was happy with what I was saying. I thought, oh, maybe we've got the real deal here. But in 2022, it's been utterly miserable. I've not it seen has. any signs of progress. If You you know, I've, I, I've said it many a time. I'm one of the most positive people going, but if you can point to any progress, if anyone can give me any progress that Villa have made in 2022, other than signing players that should be good players, I'd love to see what that progress is because I'm not seeing it and it's certainly not being translated on a football pitch at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's essentially, there is there is a big gist of that in what Percy is saying. He's probably just laying out the argument that, you know, it's this isn't just something that's happened in the nine games this season. This has been something that's been boiling since, since the turn of the year in 2022. And, you know, he talks about the shift in the mood from Villa supporters has been dramatic. And oh, the, uh, Villa, the Villa fans have gone, haven't they? That, uh, let's be honest. That's they've, it. they've gone. Yeah. And, sun, and Sunday, if it goes badly, that's, oh, you know, we've, 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 I, I feel like, sorry to cut you up, yeah, I feel right. like we're going through a cycle at the moment that you go through with any, any manager that's coming to the end of their, their time at a football club. So we've had the strikers thrown on. We've had the all kinds of combinations being tried that, that haven't worked, not getting the best out of the players. And to be honest, I think this is a good squad. I've said that many times. Mm. I do think this is a good squad that they should be getting more out of. So he's thrown all the strikers on the other night. That's prime coming to the coming to the end of, of your manager as well. The away fans have gone. That you know, that's another telltale sign that, that things that things are coming to an end. 
my next prediction is potentially you'll see three at the back on Sunday because again it just it's just a cycle. I think Tim Sherwood last game tried three three at the back from absolutely nowhere. It would not surprise me, especially as Chelsea play three at the back. If Villa suddenly lined up with three at the back on Sunday, and then that probably ticks four or five boxes that I would say we've seen that dance many many times yeah. as, as Aston Villa fans. Yeah, and owners there that's probably speaks volumes as well. I think the owners were probably scheduled to come anyway, but look, no time like the present. If they are going to push the button, they probably will do it dependent on this result. Um, like I, I, Percy, go, Percy also says as well that the Villa board, and, and look, I don't think this is a negative because I think you have to, what he says here is, 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 is quite poignant. And I think if any of us made a decision to bring in a manager, you don't want to just, just sack him. And become one of those clubs that start sacking managers, oh, you know, on a regular not. basis, like a Watford. But he says that the Villa board desperately wants Project Gerard to work. You know that the exact line is something like uh, they desperately wanted to work because internally there's a determination to block out the external lies and focus on turning things into victories, stuff like that. I think that's the wording of the of of the line in the article, and I, I, I think I that that's that, okay. It's not, coming, it's not coming, is it? No, but that's but that's the thing. So like they desperately wanted to work, but I don't think that there's a I, like I think what. Well, I know what Percy said in it was that there isn't an infinite rope here. You know, there is there is an end to this rope at some stage. And, and um, you know, that the, he's kind of asking the question of will it come sooner rather than later or more than like the, the, the headline. And, and, and obviously, for anybody who doesn't know how print media works, John Percy did not write the headline. That's no, no, one no. of the things that's written by a headline writer. And the headline is Stephen Gerrard running out of time to save his Aston Villa job. But Percy's article is very good. It's very measured. It includes an awful lot of factual based information in there, along with, you know, asking the questions. I think that every single Aston Villa fan wants asked. And another question I suppose I would have with this, and we will never know the answer is, you know, John Percy is connected. Yep, where did this absolutely. come from? Where does the, where does an article like this come from? You know, and it's it's an interesting one to come out when the owners are here, and I suppose it will be interesting to see if anything if anything does come from it. But really good article from him, as I say, outlines the case of why Aston Villa fans are feeling a spot a bit down in the mouth over 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 the way that uh, that the team has started the year. And uh, you know, I can't really criticise an awful lot that's in it because, uh, as I say, Percy does a great job. No, I know. I know. Uh, my old man said has put out some stuff this week. There was obviously an FCG this week where the supporters met yeah. with Christian Perslow. In Mum's tweeted that uh, Christian Perslow said he hasn't even thought about sacking Steven Gerrard. I mean, I absolutely, Christian Perslow would have said that. David's yeah. not going to have made that up at all because he because he wouldn't do that. And oh, of course, yeah. I've, I've no I've no doubt that Christian Perslow said it, but I've also no doubt that that won't be true. I, that, it, yeah, it just won't be true. Yeah, yeah. Pol- politicians answer. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I can tell you that's that's not my understanding of what's happened, what's happening at Villa at the moment at all. That there's yeah. no thought about it at all. That's not my understanding at if all. If my I, better I, half I, is watching this, I have absolutely no in, no intention of going inside and eating the rest of the cheesecake that's in the fridge. But I'm more than likely <laughs> going to eat all of it when she goes exactly. to bed. You know, exactly. so like that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I will say as well that David was getting some stick on social media. In, in, in midweek and I will tell you for absolute fact I've been in those FCG meetings mm. and no one is more bold and stands up to the people that are in those meetings no one is bolder than him so you know he also does an awful lot for supporters a lot of stuff that people people won't see and won't hear about as well he fights Aston Villa fans corner yeah, every single turn on a variety of issues so if there's one person that should not be getting any form of stick it's him because I've sat in those meetings and I can say back in the day a few years ago when I wasn't quite as confident as I am now 
I've sat there in silence while he's piped up and there's a lot of that goes on. But I can tell you, David always pipes up. So, yeah, lay off him on can social I, can media. I, can I kind of, just a small little bit, kind of go on my soapbox about, uh, just about that, that, like, you know, we're all Aston Villa fans and this is going to sound, uh, sound sanctimonious and fucking whatever else, but sorry for swearing on your podcast. It's I can fine. get away with it in mine. But, like, that's Dolan, the thing. Dolan did know? it all night the other way. <laughs> but that's okay. It's Dolan's birthday now and happy birthday yeah. to Mr. Dolan. Happy the best you, Dolan, yeah. the second Best Dolan from Ireland because I'm sure people out there might know might know Joe Dolan, um, and uh, yes. I don't want to lose any followers in Ireland. Um, but uh, uh, where was I going with my my soapbox? Yes, yeah, I suppose. Look, we're all Aston Villa fans. David is gonna is gonna tell you what he's heard. David's gonna tell you what he's seen. He's gonna tell you stuff that he that from from that meeting. And fair play to him for doing that. And look, there's a lot of people who won't have been in those meetings who won't have the first idea. I don't have the first idea, but I'm always gonna take stuff like that and I'm gonna let it marinate and see what comes of it, as opposed to going and attacking somebody that does does say stuff like that. It may not be what people want to hear. It may not be exactly what people. Um, what's going to float somebody's boat at the moment? And I suppose, look, everybody can fan the way they want to fan, but you know, as you said there, I don't think it's really, it's really cool or it's really, really kind of um, uh, constructive. I suppose to be attacking somebody who's just doing the business and going out there and trying to find out information and telling yeah. you what they're told. I think that's that's pretty much now. If there's something completely wild and off the wall, that's you know, you can criticize it, you can you can have conversations around it, but. David just went and told you what he what he found out in a meeting, and uh, you know, fair play to him for doing that. I mean, can he be blunt? Yes, he absolutely can. I've been, I've been on the receiving end of it. I don't know the man, no, unfortunately, as so. well. But as I say, Aston Villa fans, you would want him fighting your corner because I, I tell you what, he does not mess around. Let's look at the game a little bit now. Oh, yeah, Neil. We should probably talk about the game, shouldn't we? Aston Villa playing Chelsea. Well, I said let's look at the game. Let's talk about the news that was broken I today. I would say it's Douglas just to again. <laughs> has signed a new contract. A little bit from now. I got well, I say a little bit from now, actually. Usually I'll hear whispers of some things that are going on. There's no whispers of that whatsoever. So the club again do manage to keep a lot of things secret. Not everything, but they do manage to keep something secret. So Douglas Louise has signed a new contract today. Looks absolutely delighted. Nice to have some good news. I, I guess, Neil, it's, it's been not, not a great few weeks, not a great month to be a Villa fan. Douglas Louise is very popular with, with the Villa fans, very popular mm. with Alicia Lyman too. But for him getting a new contract, then that, that is good news. I think so too. And look, it goes to show that I'm trying to think then of a player that has ran down his contract at Aston Villa recently. Because what the club... That we wanted to keep. Who we wanted to keep, yes. And I think what I'm trying to get at here is that the club have done a good job of convincing players, listen, sign the new contract, protect your value so that you don't leave us all ends up. A bit like Grealish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and and, and this is something that this this board is is almost synonymous with. You know, they're signing players early. They're reopening their contract maybe 18 months into contracts or a year into contracts, you know, and we've seen that before. And that's just good business. That's just protecting your assets because everybody was talking about, like the board took a bit of a kicking in January, in um, in uh, August or whenever the transfer window closed because they were saying, why didn't you take the money for Luis? He's just going to go in January for less money or even worse, he's going to go on a free. Now we can't go on a free. I'm sure there's going to be release clauses. That's what everybody has been saying, that there's been a sceptical take on that as well as, oh, but what's the release but clause? That's normal. You know, that's not, a 100% that normal. That's good for Villa because they could lose him for nothing in the summer. If there's a release clause in there and we lose him for 40, 50 million, for example, in a year's time. Absolutely. That's okay. 
That's yeah, how, yeah, that's and how you do business. I mean, we could the club's getting absolutely panned from all kinds of directions at the moment. But you've made a valid point. the The contract side of things, this ownership and the, and the people beneath them, that's been really strong the whole way through their tenure. It's really good business sense. It really is because if you start losing players on free, the money to replace them is just astronomical. And even if you're bringing in players on free, it's still astronomical money to bring in players on free and free and free transfers. The transfer, uh, the transfer fees that people spend, the team spend, are worth less to the team that's spending the money than they are to the team that are recouping the money. And that might sound a small bit, small bit silly and a small bit complex, but you're, the, the way that you can amortize uh, spending fees and stuff like that, when you spend the money, it allows you to write off a lot of that money in your balance sheet. But when you're taking in the money, you get the money in, you know? So it's all about protecting the money that you get in from transfers. Spending money from transfers and stuff like that can be, there's, there's magic kind of wizardry that you can do on your balance sheet to make it look like there's less money going out, going out than there actually is. And it's all legal and above board and stuff. I wish I knew exactly how to verbalize it. I don't. I've only watched videos on it. But that's yeah, what I mean. You're talking to when... the wrong man about it as well. <laughs> that's, this is where we need Omar. Uh, but <laughs> when you sign them, um, when you sign players, uh, or when when you sign up players like this, and you put in um, uh, when you put in caveats for their contract with regards to sell on fees or or release clause and stuff like that, I think that's still good business for a team like Aston Villa because you can sit there with Douglas Lewis and say you signed the contract. There's a forty five million or whatever it is release clause. You know you were you signed the forty five million release clause. Now all we're doing is looking for what you signed the forty five million. If Arsenal want to play it. Brilliant. If Atletico Madrid want to play it, brilliant. We will gladly let you go, just like they did with 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 Jack Grealish. You know, it becomes a gentleman's agreement, and it at the end gladly. of the day, then hmm? it wasn't gladly. We didn't gladly let him go. No, we didn't gladly <laughs> like let Jack Grealish go. But for a hundred million, I think. Look at the at, at yeah, the end of the day, I that's understand. we we uh, kept our side of the bargain. I suppose really is what yeah. I mean by that. Gladly. I still miss the boy. Maybe yeah. one day I won't miss him, but at the moment, I definitely <laughs> still do. Let's look at the game then. Aston Villa are playing Chelsea at two o'clock on on Sunday. Neil, I said about all the games being Sunday at two o'clock. El Clasico is in the in the middle of the game as well. You know that's that looks like it's going to be a really good game on Sunday. They're neck and neck in La Liga at the moment. So there's lots of stuff going on at Sunday, but I'll be at Villa Park, and all the Villa fans who aren't at Villa Park will be watching Villa, not any of the other games that I've just mentioned. And it's going to be a tough one. I'm trying to. I'd like to come up with some kind of positivity if I can, and I'm struggling. The only positive I can come up with, Neil, is that the only game I've enjoyed this season was against elite opposition at Villa Park, where Villa took a surprising point. So this is the second time we've played elite opposition this season at Villa Mm -hmm. Park. So maybe the way we set up, maybe it does suit playing elite opposition, and maybe we'll see a similar performance to what we did against Manchester City. But then the other side of me is thinking, confidence is on the floor but then what's confidence on the floor when we play Manchester City I don't know I think it was like specifically with the fan base people were expecting almost double figures against Man City the the form that Haaland was in and you know I know that it was Man City didn't really bring their A game in that game either but still you could like we we defended resolutely we got a goal and and we, we nearly nicked it you know to continue piece at the end whether he whether it was offsides or whatever it doesn't really matter we nearly nicked it um i'm with you on 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 this kind of a game and the elite opposition piece because on my podcast i tried to make an argument for aston villa doing playing well doing something pretty okay yet everybody coming away and being a small bit um disappointed 
And what the argument I made was, could this be one of these games that only Aston Villa playing? Like Man City last day of the season where we go 2-0 up and in 75 minutes we're still 2-0 up, daring to dream and all of a sudden we lose two, we draw 2-all or lose 3-2. And I think this could be one of those games that out of nowhere things look good and then all of a sudden we come back down to earth again. Um, I've no, I've no basis or of, of um, fact or, or even kind of a statistical basis to base that on other than I'm a fan of Aston Villa and I'd love to see us start scoring goals again. But, uh, you know, we have one or two of these games in us each year, you know, where we take on this elite opposition, as you said yourself, and maybe we go out to a goal lead or two goal lead. But we and we can't hold on to it, and that was the difference I think during that run we went down with with uh, Dean Smith when we were going out to those unexpected leads against big teams. We were holding on to our points. Now we're not, and mm. you know it could be something like that. It could just as easily be four 0 to to Chelsea as well. But uh, I think that every team is a puncher's chance, and the way we're defending at the moment is pretty pretty good. So. You know, I, I it wouldn't be within within the realms of possibility that we could we could score first and go on to lose the game, you know. And I think think something like that is probably probably what would happen. That would be my guess for what will happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get Adam to put it up on the screen, but Villa have issued a fitness update today of yes. players that are about. So Leon Bailey is back in training and will be available to face Chelsea for the game on Sunday. Matty Cash didn't train yesterday, but he's also going to be available for Sunday. He's simply being managed at the moment. I can't see what the next update is. There, is, there we go. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Coming. Uh, well, I don't know what. Do you know what the Luca Dean update was? As I said, I've been out all, all, all I did. Day now. The Luca Dean one was that he be, should be uh, that he's been monitored and that there's some progressive news on him, but it'll be the end of the month by the time he's back. Okay, so he won't be available. And Kamara says in the in the tweet, Kamara and Carlos are progressing well as well. So without giving us much information on that, they're, they're trying to say that things are moving in the right direction. Surely, because they did they did well in the Man City game, you could argue that you know, the template was there. I think Luis played as an eight. That obviously Kamara was available against Man City, which he, he's a huge miss. I think if I was picking a team, I'd pick that front three that played against Manchester City, which would mean that Jacob Ramsey played mm. left-hand side. I like the ball carrying. But I think at the moment, the way we're playing, Ramsey actually being in a front three will get him more in the game than it will him being in central midfield. I think there's an argument for playing the camber in this game. And I'm not doing that thing where, you know, when someone's not in the team, they magically become 10 times better than they were before they, they came out. But I purely and simply, I want to see Douglas Louise playing as a number eight in this game, not a number six against the late opposition. So by virtue of that, really, that the only person that can come in and play that defensive midfield role is Nakamba. So discuss that with me, please, now. I will. And I think if you are to move Jacob Ramsey for the forward into the left role, left uh, wing role or to the left inside forward role or whatever you want to call it, I think you have to bring in a more defensive player in there and move Douglas Luiz forward. Douglas Luiz has been has been more than solid in every game he's played this season. He's he's somebody that is going under the radar from um, from where he was last season. Last season, he's, he, his confidence was 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 on the floor a lot of last season. And he just wasn't a really confident-looking player. I think since I've seen him, specifically the last five games that he's played, I've been pretty impressed with what he's done. And that was in the backdrop of him not having signed a contract. Now he's signed a contract. I would hope to see him kick on again. Because, you know, as much and all as people say, oh, maybe he was playing and he was playing a bit better to get that contract, it was never the situation with Douglas Luiz. Because he knew the suitors that were out there that wanted to sign him. He, like... 
he could have just as easily sat in his hands and down tools, but he didn't. And fair play to him for doing that. But I'm with you on that one. Maybe an Akamba comes in, maybe a Bednarak comes in, maybe, as you say, he goes nuts and he plays three at the back, and then it completely bamboozles what we're going to do. And if that is the case, you know, I would absolutely penny for anybody's thoughts is to figure out what, what kind of a midfield is going to go out there in the midfield too um, that would probably need to play along with our two wingbacks. But uh, yeah, it's it's it, for me. I I I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that he brings in somebody like an Akamba or a Dendonker in there into midfield to anchor it. I keep forgetting about Dendonker. Yeah, I keep forgetting. I, I really keep forgetting about him, which isn't good for someone who talks about football for a living. But I keep forgetting <laughs> that that we've signed Dendonker because he, he's come on in the, the two times he's come on. I don't think he's touched the ball. It feels like he hasn't even touched the ball in the, in the two games that he's come on, and I just keep forgetting that we've signed him. But I just think mm. maybe maybe Dendonker then plays. As the, as the defensive midfielder, I also think if he if he plays there, he's played in the back three before. Kind of when you when you're on the ball, he can yep. he can drop into the into into the back three. Mings and Concert can go a bit wider. I think both of them could play as an outside centre back in a, in a back three. It also just gives then gives you fullbacks a yeah. little bit more license to, to to get forward. So maybe that's what he does. But I just think in a game against top opposition, no, this is no slight on Douglas Louise at all. I've been very complimentary of him all season. But I don't think he should, he he's a number six in a game like that. You just in a game you're not going to dominate possession. Douglas Louise is not a number six. He should be playing for Aston Villa as as a number eight, and arguably he should be playing for Aston Villa as a number eight anyway because that's his best position. And we've barely ever seen him seen him play there. He played as a number eight against Manchester City last season. He played as a number eight against Manchester City this season at Villa Park as well. And in both those games, he was very very good. So I yeah. want to see him. That's where I want to see him operating in a game like this against Chelsea, who unfortunately for us Neil have kind of come into form now, just as they're ready to come to Villa Park, as is the usual thing. They've come into a little bit of form. Potter looks like he's getting the best out of the Chelsea players. They seem a bit more refreshed, the Chelsea players now. I think they're on board with what Potter's doing, that they're liking his ideas. And in fairness to him, he's made a lot of changes game to game, growing Potter so far for Chelsea this season, mm. but it's working. You know, he made wholesale changes in last week's Premier League game, and then the Champions League played his strongest 11 against Milan. Milan wasn't a strenuous workout as it possibly could have been because of them going down to 10 men. So they're probably a little bit fresher than we would have thought they were going to be coming coming into this game, then got the extra day as well because the game's on a Sunday. And you just think, this is a tough, tough game now and a big ask for Villa. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. Um and, and look, I'm just going to play devil's advocate for the rest of the podcast and I'm just going to try and pull positivity out of somewhere. But obviously, before I do that, I want to pull my colours to the mast and say, yes, it's obviously going to be a tough game. I don't know how we're going to shackle the likes of Mount, who's coming back into form, um, the likes of Sterling, Havertz is in and around there, uh, Obama Yang, you know, they've got they've got a strike force and they've got a front four, um, no matter who they put in there and rotate around, is that is going to be formidable. But... I did say in our own podcast as well, at some stage, at some stage this year, Thiago Silva is going to be made look very, very silly. And I just... He I, did, I, and he got away with it. That I, that's, yeah, but there's a time when he's not going to get away with it. He came into this league as a 35-year-old that everybody said was washed up. And three years on, or what is it, two or three years on, he's looking like Thiago Silva of 15 years ago. He's, he's, yeah, he's older than me. Yeah, he's older than me too. But the thing is that somebody's going to make him look ordinary. And I think when you take Lee, um, Reese James out of that right-hand side um, and put in Azpilicueta, who is getting on in years as well, and I just think that maybe that right side could be got at. 
I think it could. And I think that there's method to your madness. Well, it's not madness because you've seen it already, of putting Jacob Ramsey in there with Full his power carrying ability. Yeah. It may not be blistering pace, but I think having Bailey on the other side, because I'm not I'm not a fully signed up member of the Kukurea um fan club. I'm not. I what think about that there was a I don't know, will Chilwell be in there? Maybe if Chilwell's in there, I I, I would put Chilwell in there. I'm just not signed up to the Kukurea, um fan club. I never was. I think he's a lot of bluster and endeavour. I don't think he was a £40 million player. There was some people talking about yeah, it. I think he was his... £60 million now. So you're was right, he 60, he wasn't, was he? He wasn't a £40 million player. I think he's a £60 million player. Well, there you go. And there were some people I remember when he was signed saying that he was in the top 10 defenders in the world. And that, for me, is just really hyperbolic stuff. You know, that is, that's, that's, that's crazy. Um, but saying that he has had some really good games for Brighton, he has had some really good games for che- for Chelsea, um, and I would I, I would say the further forward he goes, having Leon Bailey on that wing gives us an impetus to try and try and break quickly. Now I know there's an oxymoron in that that Aston Villa and breaking quickly and playing quick attacking football just hasn't happened in about two years. But there's an outlier game in us every single year, and potentially those two areas are two areas where we could try and catch Chelsea because. Um, as I say, whatever Ollie Watkins bring, has been bringing recently has been Endeavour. And those two centre-halves don't really move around an awful lot. And uh, Ollie Watkins does. So there's going to be a lot of work between Jorginho and Ruben Loftus-Cheek because N'Golo Kante has had his setback but again. Loftus-Cheek could be playing right wing-back. If they play three at the back, there's every chance Loftus-Cheek That's, is covering yeah. for James and playing, playing right wing-back. That's the problem. It's hard to analyse what Chelsea are going to do because they've got such a big squad and they make so many changes game to game. Mm. We're literally sat here with no idea what one, what form, and this is Potter as well, what formation they're going to play and what personnel they're going to have. And that's the difficulty for, for, for Villa as well. They're, they're not going to have much of a clue either to prepare for the game. So it's a tough game. I suppose one positive we can look at is that we did beat Graham Potter's Brighton twice last season yes. under Stephen Gerrard. So Stephen Gerrard knows how to beat Graham Potter. That's about as positive as it gets. I think that's, that's pretty much all I can come up with. So, yeah, we'll call this a day now, Neil. But, yeah, I'll be at Villa Park on Sunday. I'd say looking forward to it, but absolutely not there in the current are. climate. But yeah, I'm going to be there as always at Villa Park. So yeah, see you there if you're going. Neil, thank you ever so much for joining me today and discussing the game with me. Always a pleasure to converse with you. Thanks to Adam behind the scenes and thanks to everyone that's watched as well. We do appreciate, if you've watched live in particular, we do appreciate your time and your comments. I do see them. I don't always read them out, but I do see them and they do flash up on the screen. Don't forget, BetMate, the information is just beneath me now whilst I'm talking. Join join um, Join our league. You'll get £400 payout if you win got the code for a free bet as well do go and check that out and try and beat dolan and myself we'll be back for a post-match point i imagine at some point on monday so stay tuned for that do subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on then you'll know exactly when the video is coming thanks ever so much for watching again have a good weekend before we go to the villa up the villa sports social podcast network